Welcome to another episode of the Hourglass Investing Podcast, a series deep diving into businesses and investment opportunities. I'm your host, Jared Leary, and today's episode will be a first look at InMode, ticker INMD, a small cap, vertically integrated business that makes medical devices for minimally invasive aesthetic procedures. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning back in, everybody. As I mentioned in the last episode, the format on the podcast is now alternating weekly between companies I own in my portfolio, companies I've researched but am passing on, and companies that I'm taking a first look at. So last week, I did the first episode peeping into my portfolio with a company called Supreme X. So this week's episode will be a first look into InMode a company I've done next to zero research on before this episode, so this will be a first look for all of us. And the purpose of these first look episodes is just to do a surface level dig and sort of see whether I want to add it to the official watch list for more research or whether I'm passing on the company. So to check out what InMode is all about, I'll get into first sort of what the problem that the company is solving is before I dive into the business model, the growth potential, some of the concerns I see for the company, and then I'll cap the episode off with a surface-level scratch at valuation and whether I'm more or less interested in InMode as an investment. So, InMode. They're a $1.6 billion Israeli-based company that was founded in 2008. They're still headed up by the original founder, who's the CEO today. And like I said at the top of the episode, They design, manufacture, and sell medical devices that are used for performing minimally invasive aesthetic operations. These typically involve using radiofrequency energy, or RF, rather than incisions, which allow for faster treatment times, less scarring, better results overall. Some of their other units also use lights or lasers for treatments, but really most of the devices are focused on the RF stuff. Now, don't think of these operations as like, (laughs) removing cancers or anything. We're talking pretty benign surgeries here, mostly for things like hair removal, wrinkle treatment, uh, body and face contouring, also a big segment, fat dissolving, you know, stuff like that. It's mostly cosmetic surgeries that are performed by mostly plastic surgeons, but also dermatologists, gynecologists, and other medical specialists. So while a lot of these operations using the traditional methods would require hospital visits, InMode allows physicians to do this themselves without referring their patients to hospitals. That allows the clinics to keep more of the revenues in-house, book up more physician hours, and the clinics and private offices get a ton of extra value out of that. And not only do these InMode devices get lots of extra value for the clinics themselves, they also get lots of extra value for the clients, since they get a less invasive surgery and they can recover faster with less scarring as well. And I'm assuming, you know, I haven't gone for plastic surgery myself, but I'm assuming if you're trying to get plastic surgery in the first place, avoiding scarring, probably a pretty big bonus. So everyone takes a win out of this situation, including obviously InMode, they're making a ton of money off this. So that's the basic problem that InMode is solving. Of course, they do have a ton of different devices that perform different surgeries and use different technologies, but at a super like 30,000 foot overview of the company, they are just providing devices that physicians can then use to perform these plastic and aesthetic operations. 
The end consumers are people looking to avoid the shortfalls of a full surgery, but that are still willing to pay up to look good. That's the end consumer. InMode itself doesn't actually sell to them. InMode sells their devices almost exclusively to physicians and clinics, who then offer the treatments to the end consumers. And by the way, I should mention, on the end consumer front, that includes a long list of celebrities like Kim Kardashian, Sydney Sweeney, and a bunch of other names I don't recognize at all. But their products are definitely well-known and endorsed among uh, the type of people that are going to want these kind of treatments. And this is actually a pretty great customer base to be serving to. Not that every one of their end consumers are celebrities, obviously, but they are definitely more oriented towards serving wealthier people that are more willing to pay to look good, have more disposable income, and this makes InMode more recession-resistant. Again, not that InMode is making direct revenues off of these people, but as long as the clinics that they sell to continue to have demand from these end consumers for the operations that InMode's products provide, then InMode will be making money. And there should continue to be good demand for these operations because there's a huge global shift towards greater demand for these less invasive, aesthetically oriented procedures, which is a tailwind InMode's probably going to make a butt ton of money off of. So that's good for them. So that's the basic problem. Plus the people that they're solving that problem for, which is basically rich people trying to look better and rich doctors trying to get richer. Now let's get into the business model a bit. It's fairly simple overall, so this should be quick. InMode manufactures the medical devices themselves, then sells them to physicians and clinics in more than 90 countries across the world, with 13 offices in major capital cities and distribution centers that serve North America, Europe, Asia, Latin America, Australia. So a very diversified revenue stream overall, but definitely the US is still the region where they get most of their revenues, and it's also their largest potential market for growth, just based on the number of trained physicians doing aesthetic procedures in the US. So United States still very important for InMode, but it's nice to see that that global strategy is already a major part of InMode's business. Now, one other thing that I really like about the business is how InMode sells its equipment. When I first started looking at this name, I immediately assumed that I'd have a section somewhere in this episode where I'd have to talk about how, you know, I'm not super attracted to the one-off equipment sale business model, and that is how a lot of medical device manufacturers work. You know, they make a device, they sell the device, boom, they've made their sales, that's it. So these sort of companies have some really great growth while they get the initial units installed, and then that growth falls off a cliff once they've hit a fairly decent market penetration with no repeat customers. Then they're really relying on coming up with a next piece of equipment or whatever it is and going through that whole cycle again. Thankfully, that's not really the case with InMode because of the way that they've structured their business model and the way that they sell their equipment. So firstly, on the business model front, they do everything with a focus on maintaining great margins. So obviously, looking to maximize their returns on the initial marketing expenses, and then once they're in with those customers, getting as much value out of them as they can. And then second, InMode manufactures their models to have multiple treatment options with interchangeable hand pieces, and this is huge. So they get a big base unit that can do laser, light, and radiofrequency treatments. They sell those to the clients, and then those clients can order different hand piece units that do different individual treatments. 
So maybe one clinic specializes in hair treatment and fat dissolving, so they get hand pieces for that. Or maybe another one specializes more in face and body contouring, so they get hand pieces for that. Or maybe if they want it all, they can get all of the hand pieces. And then if InMode in the future comes out with a new hand piece or treatment option, they can just sell a new hand piece to the existing clients rather than a huge new base that only does one treatment. And this drives more of a recurring razor and blade revenue model that is way more attractive to me than one-off sales. And it definitely gives both InMode and their customers a few advantages. So first, for the customers or the clinics that InMode sells to, it allows for lower upfront costs and allows them to have a singular piece of equipment that can perform multiple procedures rather than separate pieces of equipment for each individual treatment option. That means that the clinics get extra space, physical space, and increased optionality for each one of these units. And that definitely helps to set InMode apart from other providers in this space who typically just sell separate pieces of equipment that do one treatment at each unit. Then for InMode, they get advantages as well. They can create stronger and longer-term customer relationships with clinics coming back for more and more accessories over time. And then second, these better relationships generate more revenues over the long term. And again, that kind of feeds back into that recurring revenue model. Then third and last, each base unit that they sell builds some switching costs for their clinics. They would have to spend a significant amount of upfront money to buy those separate pieces of equipment for each treatment option from another provider if they wanted to switch away from InMode. So it really kind of locks them into that InMode ecosystem. I really like that InMode designed their equipment to be used and sold this way. Should provide some really nice growth over the long haul as they expand and solidify these current relationships, which again, extra revenue, but really the, the kicker there is that they're just locked into that InMode ecosystem. And it also goes along great with InMode's other growth levers for their business too, which will be, you know, just actually building out the number of clients that they have relationships with, obviously, and then continuing to innovate, deliver more treatment options as well, which will allow more handpiece sales. And then finally, just riding the tailwinds of the growth in demand for minimally invasive procedures and building demand for it through raising awareness on the benefits of avoiding full surgery, that will honestly be one of their biggest growth levers. So lots of potential growth here on the business. I really like it. And you know, these are doable growth strategies as well. I find a lot of companies are just like, oh, we'll go international to keep growth going in the long term. And I don't know, I think A, that's a lot harder to pull off than a lot of businesses seem to think. And B, honestly, just isn't doable for a lot of companies. But in mode here, they've already got that global strategy and the growth levers that they're currently pulling seem super doable to me. Now, final note on the business model here, as a device manufacturer, I'm always really worried about another company potentially coming up with an equal product and then destroying my investment's margin profile through commoditization. Again, though, this is another concern I can chill out about when it comes to InMode, because they've got seven patents across 10 of their different product lines to help stop exactly that commoditization. Again, back to the fact that this business is very structured around protecting the margin profile, patents are a great way to do that quick break here from the episode folks to shamelessly self-plug the other parts of hourglass investing 
If you're enjoying the episodes, want to get in on some more of the action, I've got good news for you. On top of these Tuesday podcast episodes, I also do weekly newsletters that have recommended reads, weekly watch list stocks, investing tidbits, and highlights on other investor articles and writers. Every two weeks, I also do company-specific research articles that get into a company's history, business model, balance sheet, industry, and investment potential. So if that all sounds good to you, head on over to my Substack at Hourglass Investing, or check out my website for the full archive of material at hourglassnetwork.ca. All right, let's get back into it. Now, that's the basic premise of the business model and the growth potential, as well as a few of the initial concerns that I thought I would have about the business model. Now, I just want to scratch the investment potential and the valuation a bit here before I cap things off. So first off, I'll mention again that InMode is domiciled in Israel. And with the tragic events going on over there with Hamas, the Israeli government's actions against Palestine, and the possibility of a second front in the north with Lebanon through Iran, there is a lot of concern around disruptions to most Israeli businesses at the moment, InMode included. Obviously, there are way bigger tragedies involved with everything going on over there than a business missing out on some dollars or some shareholder damage, but since we're analyzing the investment here, I figured it had to be mentioned. So since the Hamas terrorist group attacked Israel on October 7th, shares have plummeted around 35%, bringing InMode down to a valuation of just 8.6 times earnings, with an enterprise value to sales ratio of just 1.9x. This is very cheap, especially when you consider the growth that InMode has had since coming public in 2019, and the quality of that growth. We're talking about a company with three-year compound annual growth figures of 52% in earnings per share, 36% CAGR in revenues, including 23% in trailing 12-month figures. I mean, those are super sexy growth numbers, and the quality of the growth has to be mentioned as well. InMode has 84% gross margins, roughly 43% operating and EBITDA margins, and a free cash flow margin of 35%. And then we talk about the insane returns on capital figures that InMode sports as well. 25% return on assets, 47% return on equity, and a return on invested capital of almost 340%. That's absurd. Actually absurd. For a company at just $1.6 billion in market cap, still growing at a very respectable clip, I mean, this should be a company priced at a premium with those kind of figures, but... A, international companies always seem to get a little less richly valued than United States companies, and especially so when they're headquartered in a country surrounded in a lot of geopolitical concerns. And I'm not trying to say that those aren't valid concerns. They are definitely valid concerns. They make it hard to be certain where this business is going, and the markets generally hate uncertainty. So the same holds true here with InMode. It definitely just throws a huge question mark over the investment potential of this company with very little idea on how long these troubles could last. You know, if the threat of Iran also comes into play and this becomes a two-front war on the northern part of Israel, InMode's share prices will be likely to take another huge tumble. But here's why I think the shares might be getting a little overpunished by the uncertainty. So firstly, management put out an announcement that saying that their staff were safe. 
So firstly, management put out an announcement saying that their staff were safe, unharmed, and unthreatened by the conflict. So obviously the the safety of the staff there is priority number one. That is what I care most about. But second, they also confirmed they have enough supplies for the next three quarters if there are any supply chain disruptions, and that less than 1% of their total revenues come from Israel itself. So overall, this may just be a bit of an unwarranted discount for a really high quality business that's delivered compounded annual returns of nearly 28% to shareholders since coming public. Now, obviously, that's a pretty surface level scratch at InMode. Like I said, this is my first look into the business right alongside you, essentially, but I really like what I see from this company. The only time that I'd looked at it previously, the valuation didn't present me with enough upside off the bat for me to look much more closely at it. But now it looks like there's some serious potential in the investment. As always, not investment advice, but just my two cents from a relatively quick initial look at InMode. Overall, my final verdict on whether I'm more or less interested in InMode, definitely more interested. I was really impressed when I was reading about InMode on a lot of the moves that this company has made to focus their business around margins, as well as the way that they've structured their products to be more of a recurring revenue structure. I also loved the balance sheet, like there's a lot to like there. So I'll definitely be adding this one to the close watch list. You know, no major red flags popped up, growing at a decent clip, lots of future growth potential too. So it's in line with my investment strategy, just a very promising business overall. I do want to dive more into the management team and the industry itself before I make any final buy or pass decisions as well. But at least for now, it's on the watch list and I'll definitely be keeping a close eye when they report earnings uh, in two days on November 2nd. Also, I didn't get any questions in the mailbag for this week's episode, so I'll end things here. Remember though, if you want to send me some questions or you want a specific company covered in any of the episodes, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Hourglass Network, shoot me an email at jaredleary at hourglassnetwork.ca, or you can keep an eye on my substack at Hourglass Investing, where I put out calls for questions on upcoming episodes. I'll throw the links to all of those in the show notes for today's episode. And with that, I'll call it here. Happy investing, folks. I'll see you back here next week for another episode. All right, that's all for this episode of the Hourglass Investing Podcast. Let me know what you think about InMode, whether you were as impressed by this company as I was, if you own it already, or maybe if it's now on your watch list as well. Let me know in the comment section for this episode. I'd love to hear from you. If you've been enjoying this, if you've been enjoying the show, I would super appreciate a quick review does a lot to help me and the podcast out. And as always, if you want in on more Hourglass action, head on over to my Substack at Hourglass Investing or my website, hourglassnetwork.ca. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Quick disclaimer here, folks. I'm not a financial advisor, analyst, planner, accountant, or anything else to do with finance except a nerd. Please don't take anything you hear as investment advice. Please do your own research before making your own investment decisions. This show is just meant for entertainment and education. Thanks.